Hello, and welcome back to I Am An Arrow. I am your host, Brittany, and today I wanted to talk about the global pandemic going on, but more importantly, how it is affecting both survivors and victims of domestic and sexual abuse. With the state that many of us around the world are in, things have gotten very non-normal. A lot of countries, including here in the U.S., are on quarantine, lockdown, stay-at-home orders. Which, on the survivor side of it, can cause a heightened sense of anxiety. We have anxiety in most of the world population today over this this virus and fear is running rampant. But when it comes to survivors of domestic assault, sexual assault, the anxiety gets heightened. I know personally, for me, it's brought back a lot of those isolations, having to stay in the house kind of feelings that I had when I was in my pullback relationship. So I talked to my fiance and we went and decided that, especially in front of our children who were becoming fearful, that it was best just not to talk about it. In a relationship where domestic violence or sexual violence is is the quote-unquote normalcy, you always live in this kind of fear of, I can't do this, or I can't say this, I can't mess up in any way out of fear. And it creates this almost... impending sense of doom and dread and and for a lot of survivors they can be going through and feeling that especially with the way the our global issue is is causing things to go the absolute best advice to give is to just as hard as it may be just try to shut it out and focus on day-to-day things that bring you joy and and give you that sense of inner peace and using grounding techniques when an anxiety attack does happen or you feel very anxious focus on what you can feel right in the moment what you can see what you can hear what you can taste those grounding techniques will come back and and help center you and Take extra time for yourself to stay healthy and to stay not only, you know, 
immunity-wise and physically healthy, but mentally and emotionally as well, because it is such a trying time right now. As for the victims that are still trapped in that pullback relationship, that are still trapped with their abuser, having the quarantine orders, the lockdown orders, the shut, the stay-at-home orders, having a shut-in, I think that, yes, it's for the quote-unquote greater good. We're trying to keep this contained and not have any more deaths. But what our national and world leaders have overlooked is how dangerous these orders actually are. I have two young children and as people with children know or even roommates know after a while just being around people no matter how much you love and and want to soak up their 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 spirit and how much you love them you get a little cabin feverish you get tired and and little things start to to annoy you and most people know how to handle that kind of feel, those kinds of feelings and those kinds of cabin feverish scenarios. But the problem comes when the cowards that are the perpetrators of abuse start feeling those and they don't know how to handle that feeling. This is when it becomes dangerous and this is when abuse starts to happen. And we're reading more and more articles and there's more and more articles being written that it's not even just physical abuse anymore. It's it's now with the quarantine orders and with the stay-at-home and lockdown orders, it's now getting to the more emotional and mental and physical wounds heal. But the emotional and the mental scars that they leave and the emotional and mental wounds that occur, those take so much longer to heal. I have read probably 10 articles in the past two weeks where abusers are using these quarantine orders as a way to keep their victim trapped inside or threatening to somehow make it to where they can't leave the house for anything. Abuse is about power and it's about control. So in a time like we're in now where people are forced to stay home, their jobs are shut down. They've lost their jobs. They've been laid off. They have no control over how they're going to pay their rent, their mortgage, their utilities, or, or finding food. We are almost guaranteed to see a rise in abuse cases. Because at this point, the only control that they have is over that victim. 
and they are going to exert that power and that control in grotesquely horrible ways. The World Health Organization put out an article that gave some statistics of the rise in domestic violence, sexual assault, intimate partner relationship violence versus natural disasters. One of those was that in a six-month period after Hurricane Floyd hit North Carolina in 1999, they saw a five-fold increase in traumatic brain injury in children under two, which is one of the absolute worst injuries that a child can go through. While in places less affected by Hurricane Floyd or not affected at all, there was no increase in those types of injuries in that age range. Five-fold increase in a six-month period. In the same article, they went over some different natural disasters. The eruption of Mount St. Helens in the United States, um, the Mount Pinatubo eruption in the Philippines, the Nicaraguan Hurricane Mitch, and in refugees camp worldwide, they see an increase in the number of domestic violence as women are separated from their family, friends, and local support systems. So by not being able to go see their families every day, by not going able being able to go to work every day, go out into the world every day when they're shut in and left alone with their abusers. The numbers rise. It gives the abuser access 24 hours a day, seven days a week to his victim. It gives those wounds time to heal. So nobody has to see him. The other thing that the World Health Organization saw an increase of after natural disasters and global pandemics in areas where human trafficking is prevalent those natural disasters, those global pandemics give traffickers so much more opportunity. We're at a place right now worldwide where so many government services, such as the court systems, are shut down, which means even if a victim found a way out, getting out and escaping is hard enough, but to do it during the time we're in just made it that much harder. So even if a victim found their way out, getting any type of help right now, such as a restraining order or, or a court case, is not going to happen. And we're seeing that more and more. We're even seeing it on college campuses. There is an article in the Chronicle of Higher Education by um, Sarah Brown, where because of the COVID-19 and campuses being shut down for the rest of the semester and moving to 
online learning, Title IX cases are not being heard. Colleges are having to figure out what to do about the open cases and then figure out how to handle any kind of sexual harassment that may happen over the internet while in these online courses on their campuses. Title IX officials have a system in place for using technology within investigations, but they don't just listen to each side. They watch and look at body languages and how how one side reacts to what the other is saying and so much more the way that their voices and and if they can't see the body language because of internet connection or or because the camera doesn't see all that, then it makes their job that much harder. So yes, it is a challenge, but it's not unheard of to handle these types of sexual assault, sexual harassment, sexual misconduct cases on college campuses online. It's just now, how do we do this and do it fairly? But for some of these victims, this is their final semester in college. So justice may never happen for them. Our nation and our world is trying to stop this virus pandemic that is killing at an alarming rate. But when we finally do get an all clear and a flattening of the curve and things start returning to what quote unquote normalcy is, there are questions that come with that. How many deaths from domestic violence pandemic will we have? How many innocent lives will we have lost and now have to bury because they were murdered at the hands of their abuser because they were quarantined? How many will take their own life because it was the only way out? How many rapes and sexual abuse will go unreported because healthcare workers are understaffed and there's just not enough resources to go around. We have a pandemic and we have always had a pandemic on our hands. The statistics on domestic violence and sexual violence prove that, but not enough is being done about it. A lot of times when we hear about Domestic violence, rape, sexual assaults, sexual abuse. We tend to go to a national scale by each country. When in fact, we have to start thinking globally. The United Nations reports that globally, approximately 15 million girls aged 15 to 19 have experienced rape. 15 million. 35% of women have experienced sexual or physical violence at some point in their life. And in 2018, 
of the 87,000 female homicide victims, 58% were killed by intimate partners or family members. This pandemic is not getting the attention it needs. I encourage you to share this podcast, share the link if you need it, get a hold of me on my website, I am an com. Go to the Facebook page and like and invite others. The more of us that are willing to stand and say no more is the only way that we can stop the global pandemic of abuse. Stay safe. Stay loved. I am an arrow.